Welcome to another edition of Inside the Barn. I'm Sam Obermeyer. First off, I hope you and your loved ones are healthy and making the best of the current situation. Hopefully this podcast can be a slight distraction for you. Today's guest is an Olympic champion, a world champion, a Clarkson Cup champion. From the safety of both our homes, here's Natalie Spooner. Thanks for doing this. I guess first off, just where are you at? Who are you with? What's the last six weeks, two months been like? I am um, in Mississauga, where I live now, just on the outskirts of Toronto. I'm with my fiance. Luckily, (laughs) I have someone else with me. Um, I think I'd probably go crazy if I didn't. Um, But yeah, I'm at my house. Uh, What have I been doing? I mean, lots of workouts, lots of walking, um, trying to stay busy, doing, you know, some social media stuff. I think, yeah, just trying to stay sane and, and stay busy as much as I can while also social distancing and staying home. What has it been like, you know, I think we all deal with this probably in different ways. And I think there's, at least for me, that's kind of, there's the big picture of you watch the news and you see the numbers and you're sad. And then there's also just dealing with little big things in your own life emotionally, even if you are healthy, you know, how has that been for you? You said staying sane. What's that, what's that challenge been like? Yeah. I mean, I think I feel like as most people, it's probably a bit of a roller coaster. I think at first, when we first found out, um, you know, our world championships were canceled. Um, our team Canada camp was canceled and it kind of all happened so quick that it was so disappointing. And at that point I felt like nothing else had really been canceled. So uh, like we were devastated. And then, I mean, it, we kind of saw that bigger picture of what was really about to hit us and um, you know, how much bigger it was than just hockey. And I think that, um, you know, then it's, it's about, you know, being as safe as we can and and stopping the spread of COVID. So literally I've been home for a long time now. Um, I think I'm slowly getting used to it, but I think I've really had to try to get a routine of, you know, waking up and making sure I get my workout in. And sometimes I feel like if I don't work out in the morning, it's just, it, it, the day just gets away from me. And, um, you know, there's some of those days that are are better than others, but um, trying to stay positive through it all. And I think, you know, connecting with family, connecting with friends, um, you know, whether it's through through FaceTime or uh, Skype, whatever it is, that definitely helps too. Is there anything you think you've learned about yourself? Ooh, that's a good question. You know what? I, what I think like, I'm so busy all the time and I'm always on the road. Um, so I think just like being forced to stay at home. Um, I think maybe I've definitely learned to kind of like take a step back and, um, you know, maybe enjoy those downtimes a little bit more. I think before I was so on the go and even when I was at home, I feel like I was always busy doing stuff. So, um, I think, you know, it was really hard for me to just kind of relax and just say okay like it's okay today just to like sit on the couch um and I think maybe that's what I've learned (laughs) it's not a good thing to learn but (laughs) maybe that's what I've learned (laughs) no I I think that's really relatable and I I just again I kind of felt like the first maybe week or two it was kind of like oh this is kind of nice you know working from home not having to be anywhere you know and then it starts the challenges maybe come in is is there anything that you've realized you know I really thought I'd miss this and I don't or or something like maybe you said sitting on the couch but has there been things where you went 
I thought this was important to me, and now I'm realizing it's maybe not. Ooh. Not really. I feel like most of the things I did, I loved. And that's kind of what made me do them. I would say, like, maybe the one thing I don't miss as much is, like, being in airports and being on planes. Like, I feel like I was always traveling so much. And, you know, kind of, like, there was little breaks in there where you wouldn't be going to an airport. But I think it was maybe, like, a month at most that I was never at an airport. So now to have, like, two months where I've never been to an airport, it's kind of nice. Like, I think I'll definitely be excited to travel again when we're done this. But um, in the time that I'm at home enjoying it, I don't think I really miss it. Traveling, I think, you know, obviously that's drastically changed. No, no one's traveling anymore. Someone who has to travel a lot, is that something, does that scare you at all? Or do you think, are you ready, you'll be ready to get back out there, and feel comfortable when they open things back up? I mean, yeah, I think right now in this moment, it's definitely scary. I mean, I hope when they open, in, open things back up, they do it because they believe it's safe. Um, and I'm sure, you know, there's going to be precautions and um, we're probably going to have to wear masks and whatever it is and um, all that stuff. So I think, yeah, it's definitely a little bit scary. And probably the first time I go to the airport, I'll probably, you know, be a little bit nervous. But um, once I've done it a few times, probably get used to all the kind of added, um, you know, health security, I guess you could say that, that there's going to be. What, what are, you mentioned kind of finding a routine and working out. So like, what, what is, what have you found that you can work out at home and what's kind of been your routine? So I'm pretty lucky that I have a home gym. Um, so I have like most of the equipment that I need. And so I have my program and um, it makes it pretty easy every day just to follow that program and make sure I'm sticking to it. So, um, you know, that hasn't really been um, that difficult. It's more so, you know, when is this going to be over? And I'm used to also like working out with teammates or working out with friends and now working out on your own. Sometimes it's harder to find that motivation and that push. So it's really just really digging deep and finding that motivation um, to keep pushing yourself every day and um, know that, you know, when this is over, I'm going to need that um, to make sure I'm the best player that I can be when this is over. Is this the longest you've went, or I assume you can't skate right now. I know like around here, all the rinks are closed. Is this the longest you think you've went without skating? Yeah, probably. Is, is, sure. is that, that going to be a challenge? Like I imagine this a challenge for everyone, but what's that going to be like? Or how, how does that affect you, you think? Yeah, I'm sure when we like first get back on the ice, it's going to feel weird even just like putting our equipment on and getting our skates on. I've been rollerblading a few times. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it'll be weird, but I'm excited. I mean, I hope it comes sooner than later. I'm like ready to get back on the ice now. Yeah. I think that's going to be kind of the itch is I feel like a lot of, you know, for hockey, especially they're talking about like when the NHL or anything could come back, but it's going to be weird if it all comes back in the summer. I think when most people are used to maybe taking their, their break, but do, do you think that will be, you know, how big of a important is it that when you go skating every day, how much is that just the routine of it or how much is that actually practicing your skating? Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely like once you've taken this, like even your break in the summer, that's like three weeks or whatever you take a month and a half, like, and you come back, like you definitely feel rusty. Um, and even just kind of getting back to game speed, I would say like sometimes even if you're doing off by stick handling, you know, you can kind of translate that skating is obviously something different but just getting back up to like the game speed and the reaction time um to make plays I think that's going to be the hardest thing right off the bat um not having played and, and 
And if the NHL comes back and they have to jump right into like playoffs, like <laughs> that's going to be tough for those guys, you know, that are like going hard, but not used to it either. So it'll be interesting. Have you gotten the fiance? Does he uh, stick handle in the driveway with you or anything? Uh, I've gotten him a few times. Yeah. He's well, he's a skills coach. So sometimes oh. he tells me um, what I need to work on and what I need to do, which is good. So <laughs> <laughs> say there's a fine line. I feel like there between how far yeah. you can go with that. Um, I, I noticed during this too. And I, I mean, obviously before this, you did a lot of, I'm going to say outside of hockey things in your, while your career has been going on, you know, you did uh, battle of the blades, amazing race stuff. Like you've been doing some TV, I think with sports net and stuff. So like, and you've been doing some like Instagram live stuff during this. So does this kind of give you a chance to kind of, or what's made you want to kind of go out and you've always wanted to interact kind of away from hockey, but does this give you another chance to do that? Maybe a little more personally with people. For sure. I mean, I think, you know, everyone is a little bit bored, I guess, at the moment. And even, you know, kids are having to learn from home. So I think I just thought, you know, why not Mondays at noon, um, you know, go on there and have some of my friends on, my teammates, um, chat about, you know, what we're doing in life, maybe do some trivia. Um, then I've kind of added in some like baking and stick handling and workouts and whatever else I feel like doing that day. So, um, I mean, it's been fun for me and it's kept me busy at least for an hour on Mondays. So hopefully everyone else who's watching is enjoying it and um, hopefully filling a little bit of their time and hopefully making them laugh a little bit and smile a little bit bigger than um, they have been during this time. Has that always been something, I guess, out in addition to hockey that's appealed to you, kind of the media aspect? You know, I've talked to some players who, who would rather nobody ever talk to them, never want to see your microphone. There's others that just seem to kind of want to gravitate towards it. So where's that kind of personality or come from for you? Yeah, I don't, I don't know where it comes from. Like I, I do enjoy it. Like I always say, if I wasn't a hockey player, like I would love to be a pop star. Um, but yeah, I don't really know where it's come from. Like I think just over the years um, and even playing with the national team, we've kind of, kind of been put into that spot and um I feel very fortunate I guess through it all that I do have this voice now in this platform and I'm able to share some messages and um you know help people through this um you know and help people whether it's their journey in hockey or whatever it is so I guess I feel really fortunate that way and I'm just embracing it and um you know, having fun with it. I think that that at the end of the day, like I love hockey because it's a fun game and I'm passionate about it. And it's the same, like when I go on the big blue couch on Instagram live, I have fun with it and, and I enjoy it. Have, have there been any reality or like media opportunities that you've gotten and you've just went, no, that's, that's not for me or I, I don't want to do that. Ooh. Oh man. Um, not really too many. Like one time I was asked to do the golf thing and I was like, I'm not really a good golfer. So this could be bad. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> Show off. Are, are there other sports you're really good at or are there sports you avoid? Um, like I'll try any sport. I'll do any sport really. Um, like growing up, I did a lot of sports. Like obviously not all of them am I good at, but um, like I loved soccer. I always played hockey and soccer um, competitively. And then I love swimming. Um, I did field hockey. I did cross country track badminton I literally did everything in high school imaginable probably um but yeah golf was not one of them and then I had to pick up golf in 2011 and I'm still not great <laughs> do you think there's 
do people expect you to be good at golf or you to be good at other things? You know, if you're, you're an Olympic hockey player, do they kind of just assume, oh, well, you can do this and you can do that? I think like hockey players in general get assumed for being like good golfers because they just assume like everyone golfs in the off season. Um, but maybe it's like my patience or just like my finesse. Like I just like go hard and and just it doesn't work out for golf. I get frustrated. <laughs> I could do like nine holes and then I'm done. It's a, it's a different pace, I feel like, golf versus hockey in yeah. a very different way. Um, with hockey, you mentioned the challenges coming back. What are your recommendations if you were a kid or any kind of level of player, boy or girl out there, who, you know, their season's gotten cut short, it could be a long time. Are there things they can be doing now? You know, you mentioned stick healing the driveway, but do you think rollerblading helps? What what could they be doing now to get ready for hopefully September or whenever things hockey would come back at a lower level? Yeah, I mean, I think like for kids, especially like they should just, you know, take this time to be kids and to play. Like I think growing up, like I always just played hockey in the winter and soccer in the summer. So I think that during the summer and I was playing soccer, like I didn't really think, oh, I should be stick handling. I should be playing hockey right now. I always just thought I'm playing a different sport and I'm loving it. So I think it's okay for kids to even take a break and to play all different sports, like go play soccer in the backyard. Um, You know, try maybe volleyball with your siblings or running, like whatever it is. I think, you know, obviously rollerblading is fun. That's totally fun too. Um, And if they're loving it, then stick handle, like, all power to you but I also think it's fun to try different sports and um, I'm sure it will help them be better athletes all around and probably help their hockey game too next season. Was there an age you know in high school or any time when you kind of realized okay I need to now focus on hockey or hockey became you know the thing where I'm going to go to the NCAA I'm going to try for national teams that kind of had to become your main focus or your job in essence? Yeah for me it was uh, grade 11 so I played soccer up until then. And then I kind of realized, okay, they're overlapping too much and I can't really commit to both. And at that point they were both really high level that they wanted that full commitment. So um, I ended up dropping soccer. Obviously I also was in the band and I had to get out of band in grade 11 too. So, um, and then I just, yeah, I stuck with hockey. I still played like other sports at high school that would just kind of let me, um, you know, if it was swimming was in the mornings, I could go to swim team still. Um, but yeah, mostly I, it was grade 11 that I kind of committed to hockey. And um, then in the summers, I would spend more training at the gym and learning um, how to lift and stuff like that. You mentioned you wanted to be a pop star. What, what instrument did you play? Oh, I played the clarinet, which is not a pop star <laughs> instrument. But <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't be playing clarinet if I was a pop star. Yeah, yeah. Be, you'd be a trailblazer, I guess, in yeah. a different way if you were doing that. Do, do you play anything now? Do you, no, I have a guitar and I wanted to learn to play, but I haven't got around to it. My fiance is learning play taking lessons right now, too. So maybe he'll teach me. But it's kind of nice that he plays and then I can just sing along. So yeah, yeah, that could be, that could be good too. Get a little campfire going. You guys can work that (laughs) out. Have you, do you stay, have you, I mean, I'm sure you stayed in contact with your friends who on the national team in the PWHPA, you know, but have you guys, do you share ideas right now of, Hey, I'm doing this. This seems to be helping. I'm doing this to kind of stay active and, you know, prepare for whenever you guys come back. Yeah. I mean, we've all been able to, to stay in touch. We do. Um, yoga like on Tuesdays and Thursdays together Um, we do some trivia nights together so I think it's really nice to connect and 
I mean, most people um, have kind of figured out, I think, a training routine too. And, um, you know, whether they have equipment or are making do without it. So, um, but yeah, it's just so nice to connect because I think, you know, we're so also used to working out together and seeing each other so much like more that now when we're not seeing each other, it's weird. So um, it's been really fun to just to have um, those days that you can kind of look forward to and you can, um, you know, either uh, Zoom call with them or FaceTime with them. So with the PWHPA, you know, I think you guys got through most of the season. You got through a lot of your Dream Gap Tour stuff that seemed to be well-received. Seemed To me, it felt like you were gaining momentum. I feel like the whole world's kind of just been put on pause, but is can you carry that momentum? How much do you think this hurts that? Does does it really affect it at all, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I like, it felt like last year was a success. I mean, we got to hit up a lot of really cool places. Um, you know, we went to Philly, Arizona, places that don't have women's hockey teams that haven't seen that much women's hockey come through. So in that sense, it was a success. And hopefully we can build off of that momentum and hit up some more markets that haven't seen that much women's hockey. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we can still build off the same momentum because, you know, maybe we hit different markets that still haven't seen it and that are excited and can kind of bring um, the excitement back for women's hockey and hopefully some excitement back into these communities um, that have been social isolating um, and want to see hockey next year. I mean, I think after this, hopefully everyone wants to just see sports. Uh, and I think that hopefully everyone has a bigger appreciation um, for sports, including women's sports. And I think there's so many great female athletes and female sports out there that, um, you know, should be broadcasted and should be shown. And hopefully um, this, there's, you know, that want for those sports after watching, you know, all these reruns of old stuff. <laughs> I'm sure they'd much rather be watching female sports, which is amazing. So hopefully um, this is kind of, you know, can push us in the right direction. Have you guys had any talks that made me too early of, you know, could you do games without fans at some small rink in Toronto and get, get a broadcast going? Yeah, we haven't talked about that at all. I think we're trying, you know, to stay optimistic that this will be over and, um, you know, whether it's we have a vaccine or what it is that we'll be able to just have a regular season. So I'm sure as it gets closer, maybe there'll be more talks of that. But at the moment, we haven't even talked about that at all. You mentioned earlier the world championships, and I think that's sad because maybe maybe outside of now you have kind of the NHL All-Star Games giving you guys a platform, but that's probably the biggest, most attention, I guess the biggest TV ratings in non-Olympic years. You know, I, you said that was hard, especially when it was one of the first. They may have been ahead of just the game there on that one, but um, it, what is how much does that hurt not having that platform for this year and, you know, I guess, does that give you even more incentive for next year? Because I think they are going back to Halifax. So you'll have, you can still have that home ice. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously we were so disappointed and just even the momentum from the whole year, the momentum from the all-star game, I think people were really looking forward to the world championships and, you know, to seeing Canada, US, Finland, all those teams face off. So, I mean, as a team, we were super pumped too, because it wasn't Halifax. It was on home soil. We would have our home crowd behind us and, um, we were feeling good. So obviously it was devastating, but now looking forward, we're really excited to be heading back to Halifax next year. Uh, obviously they had a tragedy a few weeks ago, so hopefully bring, you know, some positivity there and some excitement. Uh, we're just, yeah, I, I'm just so excited to play in front of that home crowd again and to get, you know, those big crowds in the buildings and 
um, just show how much talent we have to, you know, communities across Canada. Yeah, I think if there's anyone that deserves that at this point, it's kind of have a good news. It's Halifax or kind of have a party at some point to mm-hmm. go, go back through it all. Um, they postponed the Olympics a year. You as an Olympic athlete have some other things that you can play during the years, but for those athletes, what do you think that's even like emotionally, even though they must, hopefully we'll still get to play them next summer. How difficult is that to kind of have that pulled and, you know, yanked a year out from you? Well, it would be definitely really hard. I mean, you think about, you know, your plan is kind of so set in place leading up to that Olympics. Um, and you're, you know, you're ready to peak at that, at that given time. And then for the dates, all of a sudden be changed. Um, you know, you can be peaking at the wrong time, but at the same time as, as an Olympic athletes, if the Olympics did go ahead, it would probably be pretty scary. Um, if we have this social isolation and they wouldn't be able to train properly, um, and to, to maintain. So, you know, I think the last thing you really want to do is go into an Olympics feeling unprepared. So as an athlete, it would, it would, it wouldn't, feel right going into the Olympics. So, I mean, I think they, they did the right thing with postponing it, but for sure it definitely changes their, their training plan a little bit now leading up to, to next summer. You've been to a couple games, you know, I think obviously everyone sees the opening ceremonies, everyone sees you getting the gold medal, you know, put around your neck, but what's the thing that people maybe don't see that's great about the Olympic experience that you, you don't get from watching on TV? You know? mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many amazing experiences. It's really cool. Um, I think like one of the coolest things for me was my first Olympics and, you know, we're part of this hockey team, um, Team Canada, but then you go in and you're really part of a a team that's so much bigger than just your own hockey team. Now there's so many other Canadian athletes you get to meet, um, you get to interact with, you get to become friends with. I think that was the coolest thing. Like the opening ceremonies was kind of that moment where I was like, wow, I'm actually at the Olympics. Like, because we were just this giant sea of red and we're all just walking in and there's just so many athletes in so many different sports. And that was one of the coolest moments for me. Um, So I think, yeah, like behind the scenes was probably one of the things that most people don't get to see, but how you get to kind of interact with all the athletes and um, meet a lot of really cool people. We talked about other sports earlier, but was there an athlete or a sport you saw and you just went, gee, I wish I could do that. Like that seems really dangerous or I don't know if, how I could, but I wish I had that talent. Oh man. Like some of like the snowboarding, like big air and stuff like that's crazy. Um, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of sports that are nuts. Like even like the bobsled or, you know, they're, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd actually want to try them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what they do is crazy. There, there's, it's so different. Was there a big difference between South Korea and Russia? Like when you're there, is it really just a little bubble or could, could you get much difference in the cultures and how the di- different games went? Yeah, they definitely felt really different. Like Russia, um, they definitely had a bubble. And once you kind of were in the bubble, all the venues were there. Um, our village was also attached, so you didn't really have to go too far. Whereas in Korea, everything was a little bit more spread out, so our village was totally separate. So you got to see more more of the culture and more of Korea because you were traveling um, between, you know, the village, between our hockey venue, between the Canada House. Um, so it took a little bit of time to get from one each to the next, but you got to see more of the Korean culture. So they're definitely, I would say, like Sochi was like Disneyland. And Korea was more like an Olympics in Korea. 
<laughs> with Beijing, um, I, I know the, I think they released the groups. It's probably not as big of a surprise in women's hockey because it's kind of the top group and the bottom group. But does that get you excited even just seeing something like that? I mean, it was kind of, for me, it was like, oh, it looks sports news right now. That's actually, you know, concrete, not just speculation. But does that get you, your juices flowing a little? For sure. I mean, I think every time there's kind of like a little snippet about the Olympics release, like obviously the, you know, our group of who are going to be playing against in the round robin, that's exciting when they release like what the medals are going to look like. You always kind of look forward to these things and then you kind of get a little excited for it and um, you realize it's, it's coming up and it's closer than you think. Does this layoff, will that affect your guys' ability for the Olympics, you think, at all? Like the training, if this is really prolonged? Or how long of a lead-up do you think you, you need to be in top shape? Oh, boy. I mean, I hope it doesn't go that long that it, that it affects it. And I hope, you know, next season is another hockey season and we can have regular games. Um, yeah, I guess we normally would start Olympic training kind of in, in the May before February. So... That's, but I mean, you're supposed to be in tip top shape going into that. So it's not like you're coming in out of shape and, um, you know, just trying to get in shape for the Olympics. So, yeah, I mean, I hope it doesn't go too long and, and, you know, really disrupt that Olympic training for us. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Last thing I kind of wanted to talk to you just because it's you and me, um, with Ohio state and the program, obviously I think they took strides while you were there and have taken more strides since you've left, but how, proud of you are are you of what you built and kind of the accomplishments that you've seen that program take yeah I mean it's amazing I got to go back at the beginning of this season and got to meet a lot of the girls and um you know just to see how good they are I mean our team I mean we weren't the greatest we, we worked really hard and we had some great moments um but their team is solid and obviously disappointing this year that they didn't get you know to continue playing because I feel like they could have won it, but um, I think it's it's exciting for Ohio State, and hopefully, um, you know, they keep going and, and keep this up. They have so many talented players, and Emma Malte being, you know, in the Canada program, she's an amazing player, a little water bug, and so much speed and uh, so much feistiness. So I think their future is bright, and um, I'm just waiting for them to win it. I, I know they have it in them. Thanks for doing this, Natalie. I really appreciate it. Um, so it's Instagram Live every Monday at noon. Do I have that right? Yes. Monday. A anything, anything else you want to plug right now or say before we go? No, I don't think so. But thank you for having me on. This was awesome. Thanks so much to Natalie for coming on. Follow her on both Instagram and Twitter at NatSpooner5, N-A-T-S-P-O-O-N-E-R-5. Thank you for listening. Until next time, stay safe.